1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
0: Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast is brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Elevate your taste, spread your wings today. Joe Girardi is going to be hopping on Pine Tar for Breakfast. That's right. And we're going to talk not so much about tests and uh, the virus, but more... Baseball stuff and what we've seen so far from your Philadelphia Phillies on the field. Right here on Pine Tar for breakfast. Welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. One member of the broadcast team here for your Philadelphia Phillies. Today's a special day as we are starting back up as far as the the play on the field when it comes to practicing and uh, during summer camp here in Philadelphia, Joe Girardi, your Philadelphia Phillies manager is going to be joining me here shortly. But a couple things: uh, it's fantastic to see baseball on the field, whether it's playing or practicing, does not matter to me. This game is awesome, and anyway, uh, we could see this all the way through. It would be tremendous. I, I, I do think, uh, a personal opinion: if they get all the way through, whoever wins this thing now, more and more, I've thought about it. Seeing how the tests, the, everything, the, the the you know, as teams are being structured right now, the more and more I think about it, there's so many obstacles. If they can get to the point where crowning a champion is one thing, it is relevant. We always dismissed it. I think from the beginning, Oh, it's only 60 games. No, this is this is the uh, ultimate tell, ultimate test of selflessness. Whether you're a, a, a player a coach, uh front office member, staff member. But I, I just think it's uh, it would be a tremendous honor uh, if you're one of those teams that is, you know, at the end holding up the World Series trophy. And, you know, you could be against that all you want, but to me, I'm sorry, you earn it. And with that being said, here he is,
1: your Phillies
0: skipper, Joe Girardi. Joe, how are you?
1: I'm good, Kevin. How are you?
0: Uh, you know what the last couple last week or so, just as everything started to kick back in and everyone's been showing back up i have just been I think I'm getting a little giddier I don't know just the season's around the corner that's what I feel
1: well, each day we get a little bit closer, which I think is good for all of us because I think it will seem more normal once we start playing games and we're in a you know a little bit larger group um. Instead of coming where we go through these practices, where there's five guys, maybe ten guys, but we'll all be a, a team, and that will be really nice.
0: When you think about all the years that you have done a speech before, you know, in spring training, you did one this year. You know, for you did one when the pitcher showed up, and then when the full team, you know, you gave the the main one. Uh, sure. How different, obviously, and as everyone started to show up, has it been to to speak? Maybe not so much a speech, but just to have that group discussion with, you know, the individual pods.
1: Well, it's it's more just, again, getting to know the players. Uh, when, when I give a talk, a lot of times it's more over a Zoom call when I want to talk to the whole team. So I've gotten to know the players, kind of what you do during the course of a season where you walk around and you talk to each guy and, and get to know them. And that has been that, that has been enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, sitting, talking to Jay Bruce. And Kutch today about, you know, their, when they thought they were going to be called up, the first time they thought they were going to be called up. And it was just interesting to hear their stories. And um, Kutch told a story about, you know, him talking to Joe Ivato when he got to first base one day. And it's just interesting stuff. And it's baseball, and it's what we love to do.
0: Yeah, it's it's the best. And, like, you know, first call-up stories are my favorite because everyone has these different moments, right? There's nothing great. I, I remember mine, but – it's one that I was roommates with a guy named Chad Santos. Uh, he'd been in the minor leagues 10 years uh, with the Royals, the Giants, uh, and we were with the Giants. And he got called up, and he just had a baby, like maybe a month before. And it just – I mean, you, I i was fortunate. Uh, it took a year and a half to get to big league, so I didn't understand the grind at the time. I, I really didn't. And someone to go 10 years and see it in the breakdown, I'm like, that. It, that's the story. That is it right there. And I, I will never forget that one more than any other, even more than mine, because it was it was so special.
1: Yeah, and, and, and one of the things that I really try to, to tell the young players when, when they get there is to make sure you soak in as much as this first day you can. Because it goes so right. fast. And then you know you're 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 like a, a duck. You know you're calm on top of the water, but those feet are paddling really fast <laughs> underneath the water. So just take a minute to to understand and think about all the people that have helped you get to this spot, and all that you've had to sacrifice to get to this spot. And it's really kind of special.
0: Yeah, it's a celebration for all. Like it was a celebration for myself with my parents you know i mean there's so many people around but it was like my, my parents and the focus that i had on them uh we had previously we lost my brother two years prior three years prior and um it was it was one of those moments where not like the it was like the monkey off your back but it was one that you could just celebrate and just know that you know we were all together there at the same moment
1: yeah and and the parents sacrifice so much yeah. um to give us an opportunity to reach our dreams and that's what all parents do and I, You know, you you think about the coaches that you had and all – you know, you think about, you know, like for me, stopping by Dairy Queen and getting a snow – you know, uh, Mr. (laughs) Misty after every T-ball game. I mean, those are fond times, and now you realize where you're at and all the people that helped you along the way. Oh, yeah. Well, do you – okay,
0: so you bring up like a – you know, as as we throw it to the parents. Do you feel – I mean, more than anything, every year as a, as a head coach, as a manager of any sport, doesn't matter, you are a parent figure, but do you feel like this year takes on a different, you know, a different role?
1: I do, because I think you have to, to help players probably more to feel comfortable in their surroundings than ever before. Yeah. I think you have to look for things to create, you know, a closeness and a bond between the teammates, because we're not having all that bonding time that we have. So, I mean, I I think it'll change once the games get going, but again, it's unusual. Spring training is unusual because we do it in small groups and you're, you're having to think of ways like, it's like parents. Now we're thinking of ways to keep our kids entertained. We're thinking of, of ways to, to, to keep them healthy, but to exercise them and have them do their schoolwork and, and, it's kind of what you have to do here. You have to keep guys interested. And um, we've worked, you know, we will work really hard at that. Do you have like, we have a five-year-old.
0: And I, and I think I, I misspoke the other day with my wife. And I said, we need to put like a Fitbit on her. Because I want, I mean, this girl, she runs like 50 times through the halls of our, you know, our house. And, and, and we're going, and that's just in the first hour. And you're going, I want to see how much she actually moves. because <laughs> like, it is. I mean, they're constantly doing stuff. It's amazing.
1: Well, I got a suggestion. Why don't you put the Fitbit on and follow her?
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw in the, uh, the towel right there. I have as much energy as anyone,
1: but when it comes to
0: that, I that's doing fifty liners. That's doing yeah, fifty yeah. suicides. Come on.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's amazing they don't get tired. Yeah. And, and, and by the end of the night, you're like, oh, please, honey, you got to go to sleep. I got to get some sleep. <laughs> you're wearing me down. Yeah. I have a 13 year old like that, and. Um, she, she wears me down, and now she stays up later than I do. So that's really a problem. Oh
0: no, but it's also the best. as you've seen the growth of this whole thing, you're like, man, it, it, we said it from the beginning. You're never going to get tired,
1: and you never no. have. <laughs> no, you don't have a chance as a parent to get tired. No. You don't. They don't give you a chance.
0: Um, when it, you know, you look at everything that you guys have done uh, as an organization and being creative with, uh, you know, FDR Park, uh, everything at Citizens Bank Park. I mean, Paul Bucktite and and Sean Fakasny, the entire training staff. I mean, I I think I want to, like, just solely put it on them and and ask you just what your thoughts
1: on just how they've prepped this whole thing. They have been absolutely amazing. The protocols that they had to write – the things that they had to really research, you know, space in the dugout, adding more space to the dugout, the weight room, how many people we could have in each weight room where all the sanitizers are and, and all the masks are and just everything that they go through every day. I, I, I don't know how they do it um, because the thought process is is never turned off. And a lot of times they get response to the test that players are taking every couple of days at like three in the morning. And then and then they have to put out okay everyone's good or this guy didn't you know so it, it they have been absolutely incredible our grounds crew mm-hmm. has been fantastic because they they built them out at FDR they made sure the skin you know mm-hmm. infielders call it the skin of the infield was playable where guys could all do their work and feel like you were at citizens bank ballpark um the the police roped it off so the players would you know not have to interact with fans because that's Right now, that's not what you want because you worry about COVID. There's just so much that that goes into this. I mean, today I saw employees, not grounds crew, but employees of the Philadelphia Phillies have to come down and help put the tarp on just because half the grounds crew is at FDR, half's here. It's just we're spread thin because not everyone can go to the ballpark. So this has been a complete team effort. And the amount of work that everyone has put in just kevin the way they feed us right the way they have to take individual orders put it in individual boxes and they're cooking for a hundred different people and everyone wants something different you know they're giving you you basically two meals a day they send you home with a dinner basically so you don't have to go out and get something at night just the thought that has went in into this by our organization has been truly amazing yeah i mean it's
0: a first class organization, whether we work for them or not, you could, you know, last year you're looking from afar and you could see it's, a, it's always family with them, with the Phillies and, yes. uh, you know, just, I, I guess when you you bring up the employees, it's not only just the grounds crew and the train staff and everyone, it's everyone pulling together and, and, you know, the, you made the reference the other day, it's being, who's going to be the most selfless, like the, as far yeah. as teammates, you know, thinking about each other and, everyone outside of that is how much thought went into that? Cause I don't, I, you know, I'm, the reason why I asked that is I, it just seems like something that rolls off your tongue anyways, Is like, you're not thinking about the guy next to you. It's about their family behind, you know, that's behind them and keeping them healthy. If that, if your if your thought process can go there, uh, you know, that's just a natural thing for you. Correct. I mean, I'm, I'm just being yeah. honest.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I had very good, um, role models in my parents when, it, when it came to that. Um, And I believe that, you know, we've been put on this earth to give others hope and love. But I think if you can think beyond yourself and think about, I don't want to let the next guy or the person next to me down or my teammate down, or I don't want to infect, you know, my teammates, family, I think it pushes you to work harder at your craft, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. you'll, You'll wear a mask more when you go out. You'll do the extra ground balls that you need to do. You'll get in the weight room when you're supposed to. And it, it becomes about something bigger than yourself. And, you know, I look at the responsibility that is as, as coaches and, and players and tr- we have to our organization, to the fans, to everyone that looks forward to 7 o'clock at night and turning the Philadelphia Phillies on. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to them. Um, and I, I don't take it lightly. I don't want our players to ever take it lightly because they're so important to us and in a lot of ways they're the people that motivate us. You know, when they come to the ballpark and it's loud and they're cheering for us, it's a it's a great place to play.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And when that place gets rocking, it's it just the, the energy and the change yes. on everyone and the opposing dugout's my favorite part too cuz you see everyone just go, "Oh gosh, no." No, no, please yeah. no. Not yeah. that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Uh,
0: you know, like I so for for 19 years of my life I I dealt with it with my brother who who was battling off and on with cancer and so uh, so many times you're going through you know you have to it, it's either go out get sick or or you're staying home and staying home was the right choice because of your bro- you know my brother um, and so this this whole perspective on you know you know as a teammate part I'm going that, that should be easy but that's also been ingrained to me since I was a little kid you know right. because I had it, to deal with
1: that not everyone and I think to. I think so many times the the experiences that you have in life prepare you for different things. So you are prepared for this. You're you're prepared what you have to do to keep your family well. You're prepared to think about somebody else besides yourself. And I think that's always important. I think those life experiences really play an important role when you talk about the mentality of a clubhouse yeah. and, and what you've been through. And you can usually tell the people that have been through a lot that are selfless um, and that have had to fight to get back. And those people usually stand out in a clubhouse. No doubt.
0: And Joe, if you could stay on the line for just a second, I'm going to we got to go to a little commercial break here with Yingling Traditional. Tap into your inner eagle and spread your wings with Yingling Traditional Lager, a bold amber color near 200 years in the making, all-American brew. So plug in, rock out. And let the night take flight. Yingling Traditional auger. Spread your wings. Spread my wings let it ride. DJ Yingling son, Son, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please drink responsibly. More from Pine Tar for Breakfast and Joe Girardi. I am Kevin and at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. And Joe, you and I have talked about, like, well before any of this happened, how you could just walked in and you were like, this is a special clubhouse. And so, you're seeing how it manifests itself in a, in a situation like this where you have individual pods and groups and all this stuff and you're, you're you're doing it. How do you think it's tougher to build a clubhouse culture now? Or if you did not have the zoom meetings that you guys did, because it seemed like every guy that I've talked to, they said the zoom meetings were incredible or the text messages or the, the zoom calls they would have with each other without the coaching staff there. Was incredible. Did you did you get that sense that 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 was built there, or even in earlier in spring training?
1: Yeah, and I think what helps is there's a lot of returning players that that have the experience here, that have somewhat shaped the culture of that clubhouse. So I I really believe that that was helpful. But I think the time that you know we would have our Zoom calls, and then I would say, okay, everyone that's not a player, get off and let the players do what they want. Let them, because it's like you really miss seeing people. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I just had this Zoom call because I wanted to see you guys. I wanted <laughs> to see everyone. Yeah, there's a message here, but really, I, I want to see everyone because it makes you feel like you're still part of the team. You know, when when you get home and you're self isolated, sometimes you don't feel like you're part of the team. But when we were able to have those Zoom calls, and I would encourage the player, you guys stay on as long as you want. Go ahead and. I never even asked how long they stayed on because that was their business. But thank God that the culture was somewhat built before I got here. And it continued to build while we were in spring training. And the Zoom calls were somewhat of a substitute for being together.
0: (laughs) You're like, let's get creative here. Let's play strikeout somehow. I don't know how we could do this, but we got to figure out how to play a game right now. Was there anyone that was like creative, like background creative on there, any of the players?
1: Well, we we were just talking about, um, you know, what do we do to have team events when we can't be together? Yeah. You know, so I I think they've talked about some virtual card games that they can play together and and, and some different things that they can do. So they're like a team, even though they can't be together. So we're trying to experiment with that. I'm sure guys did some of that um, without my knowledge, which is fine. Um, I, I know there's a huge Fortnite contingency in today's world, and they're able to play as partners or against each other. Um, and I and I would tell them to continue to do that and, and put your phone on, your headphones, so you can talk to each other and have some fun.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, uh, Aaron Nola, showed back up. Obviously, uh, protocol-wise, he was allowed to go there today. Um, not about, like, well, how... Like just how awesome is it to see your ace out there? Just again, just out
1: there. Well, watching his bullpen was even better. Um, (laughs) he was fantastic in his bullpen and, and I know that he had worked really hard, but you know, he was kind of shut down for a week here. I mean, he was able to do a little bit, but not a lot. And we talked about, you know, things that we can do, you know, if, if, if if that happens to someone that's in contact with someone who's had it and has to wait two or three days or a week to see, you know, they can't go through anywhere. So, What if you're in a hotel room? Well, we said, stand the mattress up against the wall and let it fly, you know? I mean, you really have to be creative, but it was great to see him. Um, You know, we talked today, you know, about seeing where he's at and we'll we'll take the normal pace that we need to. It's still possible that he could be opening day starter, Um, but I don't really want to commit to that until I know that he feels that he's in a good spot.
0: How? I mean, from because this is so different right I mean it's not an injury that stopped anything it's not it was the pandemic and guys had to go home guys were healthy at the time that he was built up so far it's like trying to no one really knows the answers right I mean as far as figuring out how many um, innings they could go how many pitches they can go it's just like where do you start with first bullpen like how many pitches for him knowing where you guys had him on track four? like at, during well I
1: he. He threw in the 30s today, um, but there are a lot of these guys that threw four and five up and downs where they would throw 80 pitches like a game. So they would warm up, get up, pitch an inning, sit down, pitch another inning, sit down, and not necessarily to hitters. Some of them were able to throw to hitters and would get up to 80 to 90 pitches b- before they even got here. So in a sense, I think they were further along when it comes to arm strength when they got to spring training than they normally would be during a regular off-season in a February spring training. But the thing is, they're not going to get six starts or eight or nine appearances um, before the season starts. That's not going to happen. So even though I think their arms are in pretty good shape, I don't know how sharp they'll be.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see. And and, and I've thought, like, so long, like, going, you know, I've been asked – who's going to be ahead, hitters or pitchers? And I'm like, yeah, at the beginning I was like hitters. And then the more I thought about it, I'm going, you know, the pitchers are in in my mind because I feel like they continue to get better. But not only that, they may be shut down after three innings and you see another reliever, another power reliever, another power reliever because you have all, what, 15 to 17 possible uh, relievers there. You're going, jeez. Like the, yeah. As a hitter, well, hopefully teams point. don't
1: have that much power. Hopefully they don't have that much yeah. power, but well. I mean, yeah, you're not going to see the same guy a lot, you know, yeah. especially in the beginning. Um, that's, that's just the way it is. Um, you know, I, I think it's really realistic for them to go 60 to 75 pitches their first start mm-hmm. um, depending on where they are and how we feel they come out of this three weeks. And is there any delays, you know, just because of a pending test sometimes like, You know, I I made it a point to say just because we say a guy medically is out doesn't mean that he has COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, A could erode with B and B saw C and then C saw D. And and all of those guys have to sit out until we know that they don't have it. And so those are the things that we have to deal with now. So it's really going to be let's see where they are in two weeks and we'll go from there.
0: How much have you – I mean, you, you've managed for so long now, and you think about it, and you just get, re, you know, a couple years off. Now you're back into it during spring training. You get shut down again. You're like, okay, uncle, all right. Let's – let's let's. Yeah. and now you're going to have sort of, I mean, you know, 30 guys uh, to start with in 28 and 26. Uh, the extra inning rules, all this stuff. How much has, like, the, the managing part got, been going through your mind, and, and how has it changed – throughout this process as far as like where you started you know like thinking about how it could come back and 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 do things of it now you know what the rules are has it changed a whole
1: lot oh i think it has i i think from a pitching standpoint the rule change adding the dh probably makes it a little bit easier to manage your pitching Yeah. um and your and your bench because now you don't need to pinch hit right for a lot of guys you won't necessarily pinch hit I think the extra inning rule is probably going to cause a lot of angst amongst managers. (laughs) What do you do? You know, what do you do if you're the visiting team? What do you do if you're the home team? You know, who do you have in your bullpen? When do you deploy your closer? I, I mean, are you going to deploy him at a time that you wouldn't usually use him because they're starting with a runner on second and it's a tie game? And, you know, so... I think that is probably going to be the hardest thing to manage during this, and I just pray that we win all our games in regulation. Yeah. No, because it's it's one of those rules that I'm like going,
0: I do not like it at all. But then for this year, I'm like, I love it for this year. (laughs) Because you just understand that, like, in in, in being around and seeing, you know, long games, how how decimated your bullpen can get, but the organization, like the strain it puts on the organization – uh, those 18 inning games or, or, you know, 15, even 15 inning games. Um, I was like, it's, a, it's an evil necessity this year. So it, it's it's fun to think that there's a cat and mouse game of, you know, you know, the visiting team doesn't score and then what do you do the next inning? Can that guy bunt? I think that was one of the things that you said yesterday in your Zoom call was that, like, if, if you bunt, can that guy bunt? Because there's a yeah, lot can of can do it right now. How do you
1: play and this and one? You know, it's, it's going to be fun to see how you guys do that. And is the guy on second fast enough? And what relievers do you have left? And and do you believe that you have a guy in the bullpen that can strike guys out where a ground ball to second and a sack fly doesn't beat you? There's a lot that goes into this. Um, so what, what if they have second and third with um, one out or nobody out, right? Do you play the infield in if you're the visiting, you know, you're the you're – the, home team, or do you give them one, assuming that you're going to score with your guy on second and the hitters coming up? There's a lot that goes into this. Oh,
0: yeah. And I, I thought, you know, this would be the year to like test everything. And, and I, I put out there that I think. That Thanks.
1: I appreciate that. <laughs> the 10th
0: the, the, the inning should be one of those that is a, uh, it's like dealt like the shootout in hockey where you get to choose your first, you know, you get to choose your lineup. Like after that, you, you know, you play it on, but like the last out is still out there on second base but now you create your lineup and, and now you get to have your big boys back up and the reason why I thought that was thinking you know what in the 10th inning this could this could, there's not going to be a lot of innings that are going to continue on a lot of games that are going to continue on <laughs> you get your best guys up there let's see how they work and uh yeah. I mean, just the time to get creative but look I am all for it cuz baseball's back and, and that's that's number 1
1: well I I think I think it's going to add a lot of excitement and um I think it's going to add a lot of like Intensity to the games because with only sixty games, each game means so much, and, and I think it just provides more excitement. With, yeah. and I think a lot of times during extra innings games, we lose people, we lose fans because yeah. they got to get up and go to work, you know. And it can, and the other thing I really don't long about those long extra inning games is sometimes it destroys your bullpen for the next ten days because you got to send people down. So, I, I really believe this is going to be an exciting season. And each game is, is going to take on a, a, a huge, you know, importance and extra inning games are going to be really interesting because it's something we've never watched. Um, so this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun and what's going to be a lot of fun, too. And, and actually for me, maybe
0: not so much you, you're going to be stressed on this one. But is the, the AL East, the NL East, the amount of talent? That is in both, like, both divisions. Yes. And you're facing off against each other. Yes, it is stressful for you. I get that. But there's a bit of you that's probably going, like, yes, like, we're let's go. Like, because you know the competition is going to be high every night. And I'm not saying it about every other division, but I'm just saying that about the two that you're involved with.
1: Yeah, we are in a very tough division. And then we're going to throw in some really good teams in the other division that we're going to play. Um, you know, you, you look at it, there were 10 playoff teams. We're going to see four of them. We're going to see the World Series winner, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're going to see a lot of really good teams, a lot of really good pitching, and I think we have a lot of really good starting pitching as well. I mean, you think about some of the guys that we're going to face, you know, Scherzer and, and Cole, and, I mean, it just goes – on and on the Mets have starters. Washington has more than one. They have multiple. I mean, these are going to be close tight knit games where they're a fight every day.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be even more. I don't know. Cause as a player, I'm thinking you're going to see guys elevate their games in a different way because there's no fans. Certain guys just live up to the moment, right? And then the crowds are going nuts and, and, and everything, the energy in the place is crazy and they're able to slow their heartbeat down. It's going to be the guys that are going to be able to pick up their heartbeat all the time, don't you think? Like in these moments.
1: I I, I agree, and and I think one of the things, like people ask me, you know, what is it going to be like not playing with fans there? And I think once you get the game going, I think it'll be okay. But Mm -hmm. the adrenaline when you walk out. To a fan base like we have every night, really gets you going. When you walk out at 6:45 for that 7:05 game, and there and you feel the intensity and the passion in the ballpark, guys are really going to miss that. But I think you know when you get in the batter's box, you don't really see fans. You see that pitcher with that ball thrown at 95 miles, and you lock in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's going to be the beginning. It's going to be when there are big hits that happen that you're not going to hear the crowd noise, which is going to be strange. For the most part, I think guys will be able to focus in like you do. Because I never really noticed the crowd so much when the games got going. It's only before and in a big moment.
0: Yeah. And, and like, that that moment where you could feel like, oh, it's getting 3-2 and it's, it's second and third and you, you don't want to walk the base loaded because the guy on deck, you're like – and you feel that energy, the buzz. just can, can, you know, It gets louder and louder. That's the stuff I miss with the fans. Like, you just, Yes. The moments are just starting to build and you're going – uh-oh, uh-oh, like in Oakland, they have 15,000 fans, and you could just feel because how loud they are, and you
1: could just feel it, and you're going,
0: oh, come on, like, no.
1: <laughs> you know what I now. love about Oakland is the music that oh. they play in the right field bleachers yeah. the whole time. The whole time. I, I, I love listening to it. I mean, it's it's, it's fabulous, ball. and it's the creativity of the fans that we're going to miss, but we got to give it to them at home, and that's what we got to put on a good product. Well, I'm going to end it on that because I think
0: uh, what you said was perfect to end it. And, uh, Joe, I appreciate you coming on. And I can't wait to see you guys and uh, watching the Phils battle it out and uh, winning.
1: Well, we're only about two and a half weeks away, and your Fitbit Fitbit is on the way. The Fitbit (laughs) is on the way. All right, Joe, thank you so much. Thanks, Kevin. You're the
0: best. All right, bye-bye. Thank you so much, Joe Girardi, for joining me right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. That man is a leader, blad out a leader. Um, one of my favorite parts is just asking about the train staff and Paul Bucktite, Sean Ficasney, um, all their assistants, all the doctors that are involved uh, when it comes to Paul Fournier and um, Don Leanne. Like you, you have a lot of people within the, the, you know, the team part that are such a huge thing. And then he mentions the grounds crew and everything that they've done over at the FDR Park, not only at Citizens Bank Park, but FDR Park, creating the mounds, making sure that the infield is uh, ready for big leaders to play on, um, and, and just everything. He, I, I personally know that he's probably said it to each individual one of you, not as a group, um, but that is a genuine man, and, and the the group, you know he's grateful for everything that's going on. So, uh, Joe Girardi is special. We are we are very lucky to have a leader like that, and very lucky to have him join. Me right here on Pine Tower for Breakfast, which was brought to you by Yingling, traditional lager. Elevate your taste, spread your wings. This episode of Pine Tower for Breakfast is done, and we're getting closer and closer. What did he say? Two and a half weeks? Oh, right. That is right. 18 days. Actually, 17 days. 17 days till opening day. Ho <laughs> ho. I can't wait. Anyway, I hope you guys are all staying safe. Wear a mask. Do it for others, not yourself. Peace. Kevin France is out of here.
1: Okay, picture this.